everyone. Welcome to Insurance Uncovered. We are the first podcast to bring you insurance news and an inside perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. I'm Kathy Imitz, and today we're uncovering disaster threats, how Congress is prioritizing pre-disaster mitigation, and paying it forward. NAMIC Chair Steve Sliver shares his ambition to give back to the industry that has given so much to him. Plus, support for the St. Baldrick's Foundation, the NAMIC member and his family who broke records shaving heads to raise money for childhood cancer research. But first, did you know that October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month? Well, it is, and it looks like cyber incident reporting mandates could become law this year. The Senate Homeland Security Committee is considering legislation that would require the Department of Homeland Security Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to establish requirements and procedures for covered critical infrastructure owners and for operators to report covered cybersecurity incidents and ransomware payments to a new Cyber Incident Review Office. It's not immediately clear that insurance companies would be deemed critical infrastructure in the Cyber Incident Reporting Act of 2021, but it is likely that most industries currently purchasing cyber insurance policies will be considered covered entities. Meanwhile, last month actually was National Disaster Awareness Month. During September, Congress held a hearing to address the threat of worsening disasters. Overall, there was a lot of conversation about prioritizing pre-disaster mitigation, the idea that FEMA is not a first responder, and that states and local communities have demonstrated the ability to prevent, prepare for, respond to, and recover from natural disasters. Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee Chairman Gary Peters emphasized the importance of pre-disaster mitigation. Severe storms, extreme flooding, and devastating wildfires cost our nation billions of dollars every year. But we can strengthen our disaster response efforts and save taxpayer dollars by making smart, forward-looking investments in mitigation before a disaster strikes. In fact, studies have shown that every dollar invested in hazard mitigation and uh, and, uh, prevention services uh, saves an average of $6 in recovery cost for taxpayers. The NAMIC-backed Building Resilient Infrastructure and Communities program received high praise from witnesses and lawmakers alike who articulated why the program is a meaningful resource and incentive for states to invest in mitigation efforts. Prior to the hearing, NAMIC submitted a written statement underscoring the association's policy principles, prioritizing pre-disaster mitigation and the essential role that property casualty insurance companies play in preventing natural disasters and in disaster response. Well, it was a record-setting day in Nashville last month during NAMIC's 126th annual convention as Harford Mutual President and CEO Steve Linkus, along with his wife and two sons, shaved their heads to raise more than $550,000 for childhood cancer research. The Linkus family was first introduced to the St. Baldrick's Foundation several years ago through Chuck Chamness, the retiring president and CEO of NAMIC, whose son Joey is a childhood cancer survivor. Steve Linkus and wife Sandy say prior to braving the shave, 
family got an unexpected reminder of why the work done at St. Baldrick's is so very important. So we just thought, let's get the whole family together for breakfast this morning uh, before the shave. And we were sitting there and a lovely young woman came over with her daughter in her arms, about two or three years old. And she was already tearing up and we thought, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> And she came over said, hey, I saw your St. Baldrick's t-shirts. I just had to come over and tell you how much that organization means to me because my daughter was diagnosed a year ago with stage four cancer. She's doing well, but I, you know, she shaved her hair. She shared with us and took off 50 inches. She looked wonderful. And then we told her we were shaving and she just lost it and so did we. I mean, it just impacted us so much because we knew what we were doing it for and why we were doing it. Well, it was, you know, I've been teary all week, um, not because I was losing my hair, but because of the impact we know it's having. It's just been such a great legacy for our family to be able to do this journey. But to see her come today for me, it was definitely a blessing from above because I thought, okay, this is why we're doing it. The family's initial fundraising goal was 300000 and their stretch goal was 400000 but both goals were shattered as they reached over half a million dollars. This is a record-setting achievement for both NAMIC and for the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Also during NAMIC's 126th annual convention, the association's new chair, Steve Sliver, delivered his inaugural speech. The Mutual Benefit Group president and CEO joined the property casualty insurance industry more than 40 years ago and quickly realized the ability to serve others in this industry was his calling. On today's Unscripted, NAMIC president and CEO Neil Aldridge talks with Sliver about his desire to pay it forward during his year as chair and to give back to the industry that has given him so much. Thanks so much for joining me today, Steve, on our podcast. And let me be among the first to congratulate you on officially being named as NAMIC Chair during our recent annual meeting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Quite a surprise to actually be here in my career. Well, during your speech at convention, you talked a lot about the importance of paying it forward mm -hmm. and called on those in the audience to do the same. So tell our listeners about some of the ways you've done that throughout your career and why you feel it's so important. Well, uh, I, I guess, I guess I've, I've done it both within my career for the, our industry, but also you know, in my career for our community as well. And uh, I think they're both pretty, pretty important. Um, you know, as a mutual insurance company, you know, we're dependent on you know, our, our, our policyholders for their support. Uh, just as within the industry, we're vitally dependent on, you know, our, our uh, organization, NAMIC, uh, for, for the same kind of support, and PAMIC as well in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, so I have participated, you know, um, locally in our community uh, through chairing, you know, and it's a small community, chairing most of the, uh, the kinds of things that, you know, they need uh, support uh, uh, for, along with my wife at times. And uh, as far as the industry, uh, I, I was the... Uh, chair of uh, PAMIC back I think around 2000 mm -hmm. and, uh, and and now I'm, I'm becoming the chair here with, with NAMIC uh, but I also have served as a uh, secretary treasurer of the organization and I know uh, I have I guess that the reality is through paying it forward I have continued to gain because I've probably taken away uh, more benefit and value uh, than I've ever contributed, so it's been it's been beneficial to me as well as our company because some of those things got passed on into us being a better organization as a, as a result. 
Yeah, that's great. So you talked a little bit about your how you benefited from the dynamic membership that you have. Is there anything that you hope other members might experience as well? Well, I think that, I think the first thing that I'd, I'd, I'd love to see them experience is the, the sense of, uh, it may sound silly, but the sense of family that this organization represents and that there's a real camaraderie and, and a real shared sentiment among mutual company leadership and, and management, and they're willing to share that. Uh, we are truly, I think, the embodiment of uh, this concept of friendly competitors, and uh, that's, that's so valuable to them. I don't know, you know if, if they can appreciate that until they've actually been immersed in it, but as I say, it kind of goes back to me paying it forward, but in turn, getting it paid back to me uh, in that context. And I think that's, that's, that's the most important thing I'd like people to understand uh, about you know membership in this organization. Yeah, that's great. So, what do you what do you look forward to the most as an AMIC chair? Actually, what I think I look forward to most, since I've spent all my time kind of working at the national level with the you know with the organization, is the chance to go to the state meetings and get to know some of those people, uh, particularly in states in some cases that I've never been to before. I think that'll be really valuable for me and and exciting to see. I think. <laughs> that you know, the issues are the same and therefore the mission of, of, of NAMIC is the same as well. So what do you see, if you turn to the mutual industry now, like what do you see as the biggest challenge of opportunity or opportunity, and, and not just from an issue perspective necessarily, but you know, what overall from an industry perspective? Well, I think if I could, I, as far as challenge, I think there are two things. One is just a natural challenge of insurance. Uh, you know, insurance is a really, really kind of tough thing if you think about it. We sell promise, and you know, as much as you know, you, you know, when you pay your premium, you might want to not not want to feel this way. You really hope you don't get a return on your investment because that's never a great thing. You know, a fire, a car, a car accident, whatever. Um, so to try to to try to 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 respond to that and and serve that that policyholder very well or their client their claimant as well you know if they've, they've caused an accident I think it's, I think it's a real challenge but it's also a real advantage that, that, that you know we tend to have I think a, a good way of doing that um, and that's and that, so that'll be a challenge because of the, the the hurt and the struggle that people were having at that time but I, I think what I what I worry about is a greater challenge is the uh, sort of the constant creep and and and, and expansion of of the uh, desire to have you know government and, and regulation noodle into our business, uh, not that we don't need some logical oversight, but we really do try the very best we can to to uh, provide you know the benefit of our product, and you know we we, we don't uh, you know we, we it's hard to do that when you're also you know worrying about some of those other things. As far as opportunity, I think I think one of the great things for this industry, the mutual side, is to constantly find as we have ways to support the benefit of our of our policyholders through um, you know better product um, better ability to meet uh, change uh, changing or new risks and also to be good partners uh, through the uh, you know the insurance regulatory process yeah that's very interesting there's no doubt the regulatory changes seem to be ever at our doorstep and and that I think is going to continue for some time. 
Uh, so NAMIC and almost all of our member companies are all really intentional about trying to reach the next generation of talent. Yes. Many people that follow the industry know well the challenges our industry faces in that regard. Uh, and so many of them have got scholarship programs or internship programs. So talk a little bit about just that issue broadly, your company's own specific efforts there, or anything else you'd like to share. Neil, uh, yes. <laughs> This is a certainly, it's, it's just a natural challenge that we have because, you know, we're, we're like a lot of companies of, uh, you know, particularly mutual benefit, you know, fairly aged as far as the, you know, the longevity of our employees. So we'll have lots of turnover at virtually every level over the next uh, five to ten years. Um, so, you know, making uh, ourselves attractive and um, uh, interesting to the next generation is certainly an important thing that we're trying to, uh, to do. Uh, we've had some uh, formal um, internship programs. We've housed people uh, in, uh, you know, some student housing. We have a, a, a small college in our town, and so during the summer, you know, there's a lot of student housing that's available, uh, you know, if we can sublet it, and we have. Uh, and that's, that's been great. We've picked up, and, and, and we've we picked up some employment uh, as a result of that. Um, it's a little struggle. We are in a small community, and some of these kids are coming in from, you know, if they're studying insurance, typically a, you know, a college in a large city. Uh, but still, I, I think, you know, it's been it's been beneficial to us. Uh, and and also, uh, I think it's just in in general looking for talent and trying to convince talent to come to us. Not that really thought insurance was their necessarily choice of career, but that have good good skills, good logic, good judgment, and trying to attract them to the company. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good lead-in to what the last question really is, and that is that you're like many in the industry uh, who didn't necessarily start out thinking they were going to work in the insurance career field. It seems to be a common refrain yeah. that we hear about this. Mm -hmm. So how would you necessarily persuade someone to consider a career in insurance? Well, when, I, when I've talked to especially young people about, about the industry, um, <clears throat> I feel very comfortable to tell them about what our mission really is. And I think that's the, the first step for them to understand because I think this this generation uh, coming up. I know I have a daughter that's uh, you know not she's uh, 19 and I think she wants to do good. Uh, she wants to be behind something that she can feel really proud about. And, and so you know when I when I when I talk to somebody of her age group or a little older about the insurance uh, mutual insurance industry in particular, you know our our first motive isn't profit. It's Providing a, a, a real needed service to our po policyholders—that's um, something you can really get behind. Um, I actually had this strange conversation with my own oldest daughter when she was about five years old, where she didn't want to go to college, and we were at the dry cleaners, and she wondered about the dry cleaners. You know, did you have to go to college? I said no. Well, then she wanted to be a dry cleaner, and then she then. She, but this was a great part of the conversation. She asked me then, Daddy, why do you do what you do? And I told her, well, you know, I work for an insurance company, a mutual insurance company. And you know what we do? We help people on the worst day of their lives. And you know what? I feel so good about that because I can do something for them they really need as opposed to selling them a Twinkie, which they eat and forget about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I think that the, that to me is the, is the, is, is the major connection. The other, the other thing I will say to a lot of these folks is they like technology. They like analytics and things like that. My gosh, this industry's just, you know, we're just full of the, the needs and the opportunities to get involved in significant technology, significant analytics. Uh, and I think the other thing that's exciting about insurance that I think goes unnoticed is 
you know, they want to be decision makers. They want to be decision makers early in their lives. Well, <laughs> in insurance, more than many other industries, you know, the, the pricing decision, depending on what line of insurance you're talking about, is actually made by an underwriter. The adjuster is making great decisions about, or significant decisions about their, um, you know, how much claim payment to make. Those are heady things that young people with the right kind of experience and aptitude can can be involved in early on in their career. And yeah. I would think that would be exciting to them. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. You don't often think about the decision-making part of that uh, in the insurance context. But you're right, that mm -hmm. usually ends up what happens. That's, that's, that's a really interesting angle. Well, listen, Steve, thanks mm -hmm. for joining us today. Thanks for your service to NAMIC yeah. and to the industry. We look forward to your mm -hmm. year as being the chair of the board. And, and again, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Well, Neil, thanks for inviting me, and I, and I, I truly have loved my service. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you as a, as a new uh, leader of, of, of NAMIC, and, uh, and I'm excited about that opportunity. And hopefully t together we can uh, you know, move, this, move this ball down the court a little bit, huh? Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, thanks. again, Steve. Thanks, Neil. And that's a wrap for us on this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back again on October 20 with more insurance news and interviews. So until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a wonderful day.